welcome to the automation hangout in this show we cover the trending topics around test automation devops and rpa in today's episode we are going to discuss about user experience design and testing we have aldis huang who is the ceo and founder of ux testing with us today he works as a global mentor of user experience professional association and is also a board member of user experience quality certification center He has several years of working experience in legal business development as well as user experience strategy. He has organized various UX conferences like the Savvy UX Summit and has also worked as a youth advisor to the Taiwanese government. Alan is currently doing his executive MBA from the Essex Business School in Paris. So Al, welcome to the Automation Hangout. It's a pleasure to have you here in the third episode of our show. By this time, I hope you have settled down in Paris and you're enjoying your college. So today, we would love to hear from you on the latest trends and practices around uh, user experience design and testing. Okay, so I would like to welcome you again to the show. Would you like to have a short introduction from your side? Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm Audrey Huang. I'm currently the CEO of the UXTesting.io, which is the remote testing platform for enterprise. To run the remote testing for their for their participants, and、uh, now currently I'm also have many hits at a different organization. If you are interested in that, you can search my name Aldrich Huang at the LinkedIn. So I don't waste the time to introduce myself a lot from this video、uh, from this podcast. Thanks, Al. So we'll go on to the first、uh, question that I have, and my question is around user testing. As you know, the global pandemic has reduced the possibilities of in-person as well as moderated user testing. So, how are organizations getting around this problem currently? Yeah, I think this is a very big impact for moderate testing. I mean, the in-person testing because before COVID, we are easy to fly everywhere and to recruit the participants to interview them even at the lab or at the office, and then we can observe their behavior. But after COVID happened, we are not easy to see the participants in in front of us. So the problem of this. For the corporate, is more and more corporate they adapt to using online remote testing platform to run the in person and uh, no uh, run the unmoderate testing, but it's remote, it's not in person. But the advantage, the advantage is that you don't need to fly to everywhere, and、uh, you don't need to pay a lot for the online platform. And、uh, you are easy to find the time and then to talk to your participants. So it's more efficient than、uh, traditional ways we did. But the disadvantage side is because when we use,、uh, I mean, like a Zoom or like a Google Meet, any other communication tools or even the testing tools, we only can see the user's face. And we cannot observe their all behavior from their body language. So whether we can get the real deeper insights from their emotion, but also their body languages, it is very challenging for now. But I mean, the more and more corporate realize the COVID is not ends very soon. So now I do recommend more and more the company that adapt the online a solution. And run the moderate testing, but also when you design the research research plan, design more question and more task for your tester to dig deeper into the insight what they want to talk to us, what the、uh, feedback from from them. So 
I mean, not only the UX industry, but also for all of the industry, everybody need to adapt the digital transformation due to the COVID pandemic. So this question, I think now more and more company, they still run the moderate testing, but by online. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Al, uh, for, for the detailed response. One add-on question there, Al. Uh, what do you think uh, would happen when things would get better, maybe towards the end of this year? Do you think it's, it's going to be a hybrid approach where uh, customers would be interested in doing both moderated testing in person as well as uh, leverage an online platform for user testing? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it depends on your product. If you were digital product or, I mean, online services, I do think that you adapt the online online remote testing tools very well. But if your services and your product is like tangible and is in-store experience that, I do believe you still will go back to in-person interview because you need to observe their behavior, the users, their behavior, and their all offline experience. So, I mean, if COVID can get better soon in the end of this year, and I still, I mean, it depends on your industry and also your product, whether you need to interact with your users in person or not. And definitely most of the company, they already understand and realize that online solution is cost-effective way to run the moderate testing. But uh, as I mentioned, depends on your product. So I do believe some of the companies still go uh, go back to, to run the in-person testing and interview. Okay, that's interesting to know. The second thing that I would like to know, where a lot of the viewers also have asked us in the past, is around artificial intelligence. We see AI being applied in various software streams like software testing, application development, DevOps, and so on. So how are organizations as well as product companies like yours uh, using AI to improve the efficiency of uh, both user experience design as well as testing? Yeah, so basically, I mean, at this moment, from my personal point of view, I still think that the current artificial intelligence is artificial assistant. Because now I do believe artificial intelligence cannot replace human behavior or they or artificial intelligence can 100% copy the human behavior. So like, like my product, like my platform is we use artificial intelligence technology to help the researchers to understand the user behaviors and get more deeper insight, also the data. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that uh, artificial intelligence will replace user experience testing. So as I mentioned, artificial assistant is to help us to understand user more and we get more objective data to prove our design, our prototyping, our idea is good or not. Yeah, so definitely artificial intelligence will help user experience testing more and more than before, but it's still at the assistance stage, not real, I mean, replace the researcher's jobs or any testing stage. Yep, that's a very interesting thought, Al, because some of the other questions that I get is around uh, losing of jobs where uh, testers have come back to us and asked us whether they're going to lose jobs 
once AI is in place? And the simple answer what I give them is basically like you don't have to worry for another decade or so because what I've seen from my experience is also that AI is actually used as an augmentation to a human. It does not reach a level where it can actually replace a human. So it is only providing assistance to a tester or a developer to do a better job rather than just replacing them. So it's a very good point of view, Al. So the other thing that I would like to know is around shiplift uh, user experience testing. As you know, the concept of shiplift has been there in existence for quite some time and many organizations have realized benefits by reducing the cost of rework. So what are some of the best practices that you recommend around implementing early user experience testing? Yeah. So for this question, I, I want to mention what is the advantage if we implement early UX testing? I think that we need to know the benefit first, and then we can talk about the, what is the best practice. So from my personal point of view, if you run an early user UX testing, you will get the user feedback earlier. And also you are, you use the cheapest way, uh, the cheapest way to, to know the user, for example, like the uh, rapid prototyping. And if you got bad feedback, you are easy to change and then test again. And uh, the second one is, uh, I mean, I always consider UX as one of the risk management, uh, the scope, because if you know your user earlier, then you won't develop the wrong product for your uh, potential users. So early get user feedback, it's help you to save the money and time. And, and if you don't do this, and you may build up the wrong product and, uh, and people, a user don't like, and what you can do is destroy it and uh, rebuild it. So you will cost pretty high. Yeah, and so now we understand the, uh, I mean, the, the value of the uh, early, uh, early stage user UX testing. And after that, we can talk about the, what is the best practice. So from my side is that I think that there are six steps that we can do is the first one is define your goal. For example, if I were the startup team and I have an idea and I think this idea can solve the human problem or change the world. So you need to define your goal is, this current idea and the current prototype are is really solve the user problem. Yeah, but the, you cannot just do that by interviewing. You need to show something to your users. So rapid prototyping is the best way to do and, and, and it's, it's cost effective. So define your goal, what you want to get feedback from your user. Is a user feel friendly about your product? Does user feel good? and uh, willing to use about your product? And does user feel, yes, it, this is necessary for them to use? Yeah, so th that is a sec uh, first step. And the second one is define your end user. Because when you have an idea, you, uh, not only you're working for the startup or you're in a big organization, you need to make the hypothesis that who is your end user? Are you B2B model or are you a B2C model? And if you are B2B, uh, which kind of the company that will be your potential clients? And if you were B2C, and who is your potential clients? For example, like uh, e-commerce website, definitely everybody will use e-commerce. But uh, do you will, uh, will you recruit the participant who above 65 years old? Maybe not, because maybe most of them, their behavior is go to the the. I mean, offline store to buy something they don't order online. So define your end user by very simple criteria like the age, 
educational level, gender, and also if they are tech savvy or not, and blah, blah, blah. Very simple to define your end user. And this is the second step. And the third step is design and create your prototype. Because you cannot just tell your tester that, oh, what is my idea and I can help you, I can solve your problem. You can let tester understand, okay, what the product look like and how they feel because they don't see anything. So design and create the prototype is the most important process when you implement the uh, early uh, UX testing. And the third, uh, fourth step is choose your usability testing methods. Yeah, because uh, if you do the lo-fi, uh, lo-fi prototype, I mean, it's a prototype, it's just like a graphic and like a, just like a draft. So you don't have to make sure everything like a, like a flow or like, the, like the every design good looking because it's just like a draft. But if you already make the hi-fi prototype, it's real, it's look real like the real product. And then you can start to think, okay, what kind of the task I need to assign my test to do? And also what question I need to interview for my testers. So this is a fourth step. And the fifth step is the source participant. So at the second step is define your end user. And the fifth step is now you have to start to recruit your participants. And at this stage, I mean, the most important is don't invite your friend and family member to be your testers because that is the very common mistake that the corporate or startup they did wrong because if I were your friend, I may not say anything bad about your idea or about your prototype. And even your family member, they, I don't believe your family member will tell you the truth. So when you're sourcing the participant, make sure they fit in your end user hypothesis and also they have no relationship with you. And this is the fifth step. And the last step is analyze your data. Understand which specific moments the, the tests feel negative, feel bad, or any, any points, any icon, or any flow, or any logging step. Any specific moments user feel negative is the most important we need to focus on. So analyze your data, not only what they said, but also you need to know, okay, why he or she feel negative about this specific moment, what she did what he did and before and after. Why should you feel this flow is not friendly? So observe the tester and also review their feedback and also to see what they did before and after when they have the emotion change. So once again, uh, I want to just make sure that the first one is define your goal, second one is define your end user, and third one is design and create your prototype. And fourth one is choose your usability testing methods. And the fifth one is source your participants. And the last one is analyze your data. Thank you so much, Al, for outlining the process and the best practices. The final question that I have is around Agile methodology. So what we are seeing is basically almost every organization is now adopting Agile as well as sprint-based methodology, either partially or uh, uh, fully. But at the same time, I've seen challenges with uh, UX design and testing because they're actually run as independent activities in most of the organizations where I've seen Agile uh, as well as sprints. So what are some of your recommendations around uh, blending UX processes uh, with uh, Agile methodologies? 
Okay, so for this question, I have some uh, recommendation from my personal uh, point of view. So first one is research in the model upfront. Because if you were the UX practitioners and you don't really know the purpose of this research and which model you will run it, you cannot make it, I mean, useful, right? So you have to decide it that you need uh, decided that which goal you want to reach about this research. At the same time, you need to know the business goal and uh, another department uh, like the developers and designer or the marketing of sales and to define the research goal, what we want to solve and which problem we want to solve by our UX research. And the second one is the most important because the agile methodology that is we want to make sure our time and our resources is efficient and effective. So uh, in collaborate with the other stakeholders from the very beginning. It's help you to define the and also prove your research and model is the right way to go. Yeah. And also with all the stakeholders uh, from the very beginning, you can get a different prospect from this research. So you can confirm that the research results will help the company to solve the problem. Yeah. And the third one is at least uh, design one sprint ahead, but stay supportive. Because if you don't design the one sprint, how you run the UX process with the agile methodologies, you will take more longer time than what you think. So after you collaborate with the stakeholders, understand the business goal, and confirm your research and model methods, and now design the one sprint, how you run the UX research agilely. And the next one is to look for an expensive pool of the user for design validations. At this stage, I think very important is because most of the company or the UX practitioners, when you are junior or when you just start to do the UX job, the common mistake we made is we invite our friends or our family member to, to test and then give us the feedback. But the, that is the, I mean, psychologies or, or like a pretty common situations that your family member and friends never talk to you the real feedback because they don't want to make you not confident and they want to support you. So you cannot get the real feedback from your family members and friends. So when you start to uh, run the Agile UX, I think the expansion your pull of tester is very important because, because different product, a different idea, different prototype, you need a different background of the tester. So this is very important. And also uh, next one is involve the team in all the UX activities. Because the UX practitioners, we cannot work alone. And the agile and your UX process with the agile methodology, usually you need to collaborate with another department like developer, like designer or marketer or salesperson. So if you just do that by yourself, I don't think you will make the right UX report and even you get the right insight. But if you can involve another department's, I mean, different function people to join all the UX activities, you also can use this opportunity to educate them how to run the UX and what is the value of the UX. And the next one is fail fast and iterate with many options. So as I mentioned that, why the previous question I mentioned, the rapid prototyping, 
is the best way to run the agile UX because if you test this version of the prototype and you got very bad feedback and the people don't really want to use this product, uh, this prototype, and you can just redesign again, redesign again, it's very efficient. So don't be stubborn on that why user feel bad and why user think this is bad. No, if they already tell you, okay, my experience is not good. Uh, I think this button can be changed. This flow is not friendly. Okay, we change. So fail fast is very important. But always, I faced a lot of lots of the. I mean, many times the situation that when I was mentors for the uh, for the US beginners, they always insist on oh why user feel my prototype is bad. I think I understand them, but why? But I think this is a wrong concept that, yeah, you need to accept, okay, this is a failed uh, prototype and then we redesign again. So, and also iterate doing uh, many options. So usually I recommend uh, uh, the small team or the even the big corporate, but you want to run the age or UX is prepare for at least two prototypes. So you can run two prototypes at the same time and then compare to each one, which one is better and also uh, which one uh, we can co collect uh, the advantage from the, from the both of the prototypes. And the next one is create the consumable prototypes. So as I mentioned, the prototype is the cheapest way for you to run the agile UX. So if you spend too much time to make your prototype like a hi-fi, I mean the very super close to the real product and you will spend more time to re redesign your prototype. So if you want to run the agile UX, I do recommend you just do the lo-fi, lo-fi UX, I mean lo-fi prototype. That's enough. And then we can fail fast and then iterate to run the many options. And the next one is participate in daily standups because agile, that means fast, efficient. So every single day, if we got the feedback, okay, we redesign the prototype and we rerun the testing every single day. Yeah, and keep momentum, keep momentum, keep momentum. And then I do believe because I, my team and also uh, some corporate I coach, they can run the agile UX just in a week and then from like a three to five prototype and then they can make decision, design decision very quickly. So you need to involve this very quickly and create a consumable uh, prototypes and also the participant in daily every single day. And also uh, the next one is the set clear roles and responsibilities because you are the, maybe you, you are the owner or the, you are the leader of the UX research, but at the same time, you have another stakeholder to join, for example, like a developers or another UI designer or even your boss, a decision maker. So you need to understand, okay, what you have to do within this agile UX process and what your boss, he will do or she will do and also what developer can support you and what designer can support you. So make it clear. So it doesn't make everybody complicated that, okay, why need to join this interview and why need to see how user interact with our prototype. So you need to let everybody understand what is your role. You are, you join this uh, interview uh, with the prototype because we want to let you know the real user feedback and maybe your developer join is because we want to let them know okay this prototype is good enough so you can start to think what is our infrastructure of, of our digital product so you need to let everybody understand uh, your roles and your responsibilities during the agile ux process 
And the last one is host training. Yeah, because not everybody experienced the Agile UX before. So you should be the leader to host a training for everybody. How will we run the user research? And when user coming, uh, what I will talk, what I will do, and what you will do. And also during the interview, what key elements or what key insights we need to observe. So you need to train everybody, including the stakeholders you invite. So, I mean, the 10 recommendation from my side is for Agile UX process. And it'd be great if we can summarize the key points that you've covered in the last uh, five to 10 minutes. So once again, I can repeat again, the first one is a research and model upfront. And second one is collaborate with, with stakeholders from the very beginning. And the third one is design at least one sprint ahead, but stay supportive. And the fourth one is look for an expensive pool of users for design validation because we have we have lots of ideas we have lots of the product and the fifth one is involve the team in ux activities because you are not the only person to run the agile ux uh, but also your stakeholders and the sixth uh, sixth one is to fail fast and iterate with the many options so this is what i mentioned is rapid prototyping and the Seventh one is to create consumable prototypes because if you do the hi-fi prototype, uh, you will spend more time to redesign your prototype. Then you cannot fit in your agile environment. And the eighth one is participate in daily stand-ups because we run agile. So that means we need to run the testing every single day and then to make sure we can make decisions as soon as possible. And the ninth one is set clear roles and responsibility for every attendees. I mean, the stakeholders and even yourself, even the developers, the designer or marketer, everybody who joined this Agile UX. And the last one is hoster training for everybody because you are maybe you are the only one or you are the early UX practitioner in your team or you in or in your corporate. So you need to train everybody to understand what's going on of our interview process and what's what will happen and what we will do during the Agile UX research. So that is the 10 recommendation from my site. I hope it helps. Definitely, Al. It was, uh, it was a lot of information shared in a capsule format. It is really, really useful. With that, you have run short of time. Thank you so much, Al, for spending time with us today. And then I'm so grateful for you uh, taking time and actually sharing your experience as well as knowledge in the user experience stream. Have a wonderful day. And we look forward to have more conversations with you in the coming months. Thank you so much. With this, we have come to the end of the third episode of Automation Hangout. I hope you found this episode useful and you have been able to enhance your knowledge around UX design and testing. Please do not forget to share this podcast with your friends. And if you have feedback, please write to us at reachme at the rate automationhangout.com. Thank you for listening in and have a wonderful day.